Mannequin Chill is back, week 16 edition. Two more weeks left in the fantasy season. Shane, it's a little bit depressing as Shane moves the stand closer and it creeps into the screen. It really threw me off and you've already thrown me off on the introduction, but you know what? I am not going to give up on you, my friend. We've been doing Mannequin Chill for over three years, but that is this week's topic, Shane which you eloquently presented to me earlier today. How do we know when to give up on a player or how do we know when to be patient on a player? You can answer it in multiple ways, but I'm just going to start with you. When I say, Shane, how do you know you need to be patient on a player? Because everyone that knows you has watched your content. There are times where you will react very quickly. That's not good. I'm out. Two months later, it's getting better. I'm back in. It's good. I'm all in. And then that can flip-flop. So how do we know, Shane, when to be patient with a player, a situation, etc.? Go. This has been one that I've been thinking about. I think about this a lot, right? And this is going to be look, more of a thought exercise than anything else. I mean, you haven't done one of those in a while where we just pick each other's brains and try to make each other think. Thinking's good for your muscles. It makes them expand and whatnot. I think there's obvious cases you know not to be patient on a player, right? Wide receivers. We know not to be patient if they're bad in their rookie season. Uh, less than eight fantasy points per game, 14% target share, you can generally say that those good fellas are, um, they're done for fantasy purposes. That's easy enough, right? A lot of times though, where we run into issues or run into the whole patience thing is the quarterback position. Just this season, you could have at various times decided that you were going to be patient with Justin Fields, which would have paid off for you for the last couple of weeks, not this week, excluding this past week. You could also decide that you were going to be patient with Desmond Ritter and Sam Howell, which would have been probably not great since both of those gentlemen um, are in the process of getting benched and removed from uh, fantasy football relevancy. Part of the question, too, that always makes me think is, does it even matter if I'm patient? Now, in certain leagues, I know you can't move, right? There's certain league economies where trading's not something that can be done. And that's part of why I am so aggressive with getting in and out on players is because I know I can generally get some version of that player or, you know, at a later date, it might not be that exact player. Sometimes it is, but I can generally get back in on a player in that range. But I do wonder sometimes how much capital I leave on the table when I do things like that. Like I said, wide receiver is the only one I think that it's easy for me to know when to be patient. And it's literally only after their rookie year, if they're bad, don't be patient. After three years or two years, we'll say three years of them showing me who they are. I know what they are. I know what to expect. So my patience, I guess, should be tempered in so much as that I shouldn't expect further production when I have no reason to believe it. That's a lot of words on the last part about wide receivers when basically what you're saying in a nutshell is there's a very limited window for a wide receiver to be an investment vehicle. We see receivers all the time come from year four, year five, year six, year seven. They have a pocket of time during a given season. Usually it's based on injuries, offenses, the combination of both where there's a five game stretch where Curtis Samuel is startable. But you would look at all of his metrics and we have the tools with the Trinity tool and a lot of the data that's out there on other sites. It's not hard. Like Ray says, he thinks with the Trinity tool, he has created the roadmap to evaluating wide receivers. Now that's going to be something interesting to test is how big is a data sample for receivers to say, okay, they are what they are. That's kind of what we're talking about with this. But the idea being 
Once you have that data size, it's easy to figure out using stuff like the Trinity tool, right? Very simple to see who, who the names are that you would want, that you should hold value in, that you should be willing to go out and give up something of value for. But that doesn't mean once they're outside of that range, like the whole threshold idea, and I talked about that in my article this week on tectonic transactions, just because a player is not valued inside the threshold or they're not producing inside the threshold doesn't mean they are irrelevant. What it means is I don't want to hold them on my roster. I don't want to sit there and have them wait and wait and wait because basically what you're saying is there's not an expectation of future production or future equity or usage for them. Now, that doesn't mean they can't come out of nowhere and you go, oh, I can use that guy for a short sample size. I can use him for a couple games. That happens. But they're not players that you say I need to prioritize to have on my roster. I think that's very key with wide receivers to understand that. There's going to be desperate times during a season where you go, I'm willing to trade for Kendrick Bourne. He's producing. But I wouldn't ever have classified him inside that threshold of where we should assign any sort of value to him. We would have given up on him a long time ago. There is no patience. And the patience is usually in the form of, they don't need to be on my team. especially they don't need to be on my team if someone else is willing to give me some other type of flexible value. So I think with receiver, it's very, very simple. For me, my analysis comes down to this. Patience must come with a path. I need to be able to justify in my scrambled dynasty brain that is currently thinking about 50 different things at all times. Someone like Ray, when he watches football, he's looking at the X's and O's, right? He's watching the players. He's watching how they move, the schemes. I'm sitting here going, wait a second, that undrafted rookie just caught a ball or just got a carry. Is he now any running back on a 53? Is he somebody I can pick up and flip? Like that's where my mind is going from a dynasty perspective. So there has to be patience with a path. If you can't tell yourself a story and pretty quickly, I think that's another important thing is you have to define how long you're going to wait for the path to clear. If you say, oh, there could be a path. Yeah, I can win the lottery tomorrow. At first, that starts with me having to buy a ticket. But then what is the actual likelihood of that path? If the path isn't that likely, then you have to sit there and go, is it worth having the patience? So if you can justify using sound logic based on how people treat certain assets, certain types of assets, knowing your league market, et cetera, you can justify, hey, there could be a path for this player. By all means, be patient. By all means, allocate a roster spot on them. Pick them in a rookie draft. Pick them up off waivers. The path cannot be contrived in your mind. Well, man, if everything goes right, that one in a million scenario, someone may give me a third for Parker Washington. So you get him in every league and you hold him for two years and you go, remember that one game for the Jaguars, Shane, when he had like 17% target share? What if that happens again in two years? Maybe I'll be able to get a fourth for him. That's not a path. So I think it's important if you're gonna have patience, there has to be a path that you can actually conceive in your mind that's going to exist fairly soon. How do we make sure this isn't too much of a narrative, right? So we need to basically make sure that it's something that's probable, not possible. Probable is very different than possible. Anything is possible, like you said. Well, most things are possible, as I've told uh, uh, many kids, because I, I inspire them and talk to children at work. You can do anything you put your mind to, except fly. You can't fly, so don't ever try that. Most things are possible, but there's a very large difference between possible and probable. What really brought this to mind was specifically today, someone asked me, hey, Shane, how are you feeling about them James Cook takes? And I go, I, I don't know which ones. And they go, from last year, when you liked him a lot, and uh, you know when he was coming out as rookie, coming into the rookie class, I was high on Cook. It was a joke to everyone in the leagues I was with because I had something like 
10 shares of him. I, I don't know. He was in like 30% of my league. Now I'm down to 15%, which is probably a more sustainable and a probably safer path. If that's the type of player too. It's like running back. How do you, I mean, I guess you couldn't be faulted for giving up on James Cook is my point, right? Because what he needed to happen was he needed Devin Singletary to leave and then two offensive coordinators to get fired or leave before he found the path to relevancy or not relevancy, but at least uh, maximizing his potential. So sometimes you just get lucky because you can't move a player, right? Because I tried to move Cook in every league I could. I just couldn't find acceptable trade partners in some of them. So sometimes I guess you just get lucky. I like data. I like tools. I feel like we need to create a patience tool. I don't know what would go into it. I need someone smart to come up with it. Obviously, things that would go into that would be what's the probability of a player turning into X after they spent their first season being Y or their first two seasons being Y, something like that. But the narrative part is the part that I always have trouble with because narrative, you can't quantify narrative, right? It's just that what it that's what it is, narrative. And everybody can tell themselves a story that makes James Cook sound like he's going to be the running back one eight weeks ago. But was it probable? No. Was it possible? Yes. It just needed some some other outcomes to happen, including the offensive coordinator getting fired because of special teams and defense mistakes besides the point, but he needed something to happen for him to be able to maximize his potential. We kind of get dogmatic with how we treat running backs versus quarterbacks versus receivers versus tight ends. That's why I spend so much time breaking down the positions as a whole and less time about the individual players. Cause there's other people that spend a lot of time breaking down the individual players. I think when you have a better idea of what you want to do at each position, it gives you almost uh, an inherent patience or patience scale that you have in your brain already. Like, hey, I know this player fits this type of archetype. This is the position they play. I already kind of have a patience number in my head. Am I willing to give it a season? Am I willing to give it half a season? Am I hearing things that might be sustainable? Am I hearing things that might not be sustainable? Like you got to run through that calculation every single week when you're talking about players that other people potentially could want. And that's the other thing is it's hard to have patience on something where you don't have any options. Very easy to say, oh, I'm going to be patient on this player, but there's three people in my DMs every week trying to trade for him. When he has a bad game, somebody wants him. When he has a good game, somebody wants him. That's an indicator right there that your patience should probably be challenged a little bit because that doesn't exist with a lot of assets that we've already run out of patience on, right? We could go through a laundry list of names and we could say nobody has patience with these guys anymore, but the problem is they don't have any sort of demand. So you're probably at a point where you having patience feels forced, feels like, well, I don't have a choice but to hold this player because he's so awful that I can't quite come to the conclusion that I spent a late first round pick on him two years ago and he's awful. So really what I should do is save myself more pain. I see I added another P word in there, Shane, pain. Didn't talk about patience, paths, and pain. But sometimes you want to save yourself further pain of sitting there and waiting and waiting and waiting. Just rip the Band-Aid off. Expose the roster spot. Get rid of the player. Take what you can get. It's a very freeing strategy. Now, you can get burned sometimes by it, but I think once you've gone through this analysis and said, should I be patient with Rashad Bateman anymore, Shane? Probably not, but no one will give me anything, so I don't have any choice but to hold him. Well, that's not true. I guarantee you, if you work hard enough, you can move any player. It may be for 8% of what you're expecting, but you can move any player. And if they're already outside of the range where you want to have any patience, what are you waiting for? It's almost like you are you are now just full of hopium. Ray likes to call it hopium. 
you're pumping yourself full of hopium, just going, man, one good game for Rashad Bateman, I'll be able to sell him. And the reality is everyone else doesn't have patience on him. It's going to be more than one good game before you'll be able to sell him. You think it's one good game until he has one good game. And then you go, hey, will anyone give me anything? Sure, I'll take him for free. You know, the threshold to get above free takes a little longer than you probably think. And now you're wondering, man, do I got to hold him for three more good games? Then what are the odds that he strings together four good games in a row? Extremely low. So you just get caught up in this rat race where patience leads to, I don't have a choice to, well, I don't really have a choice to do anything. So I'm going to hold the players. Then you look on somebody's roster two years down the road and they have seven roster clogger receivers and they were all former guys that were high draft picks or they had some hype or they were big waiver ads. And now you're just wondering when is the next window going to come? And the reality is it's not going to do your own analysis, leave feedback in the comments, hit us up in the discord. If you're in there on what it means to have patience and how you analyze this patience with a path strategy in your dynasty leagues. And does it matter? I'm going to throw a fourth word in there, Shane. Does it matter if you don't have a portfolio? We could do a whole topic about that, where if you only have five leagues, you may not be as easy to just give up like Shane and I might. Four games, we're out on something potentially because we have too many transactions, too many leagues. It's not going to burn us if we dump a player quicker than others might be. So final thoughts on this topic, anything you wanted to say before we sign off? I just think it's one of those topics that's really interesting to me, and I'd love to hear people's thoughts on it, see what their process is. At the end of the day, we are still process-oriented, right? I want to be able to look at a spreadsheet and go, if this, then that. And if it's right 70% of the time, 60% of the time, that's fine. As long as there's some something that's not 50-50. 50-50 means nothing to me. That's a guess, a gamble, whatever. So if if anyone does anything where they have some data to support it, please share it with us. I'd love to look at it. Let us know what else you want us to talk about, and uh, we'll talk about it. The theme today was patience. We used a lot of P's, patience, path, pain, players, process, portfolio. Appreciate everybody tuning in. Like and subscribe to the channel, both Trades in 5 and over at Destination Devi. Join the Discord at DestinationDevi.com or Patreon.com backslash gas. Good luck in week 16. Be a little surprise for everybody next week uh, for the holiday week. Uh, it'll be Christmas and we will be celebrating with our families. Hopefully, hopefully everybody has a safe holiday. Whatever you celebrate, whatever you choose to do, uh, be safe. We'll be back sometime later in the week. Good luck in your playoff weeks and hopefully you reach those championships. Mannequin Chill is out.